Good to be in the house of the Lord again. We began a series last week that was entitled Transformed, and um, it was based on the book of Romans chapter 12 and in verse 2, and it talks about being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? So that we may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God for our lives, the perfect will of God for our lives. And it's so important that we allow the Holy Spirit to bring that transformation in the way we think about life. And through these seven uh, uh, different uh, series we're going to be doing, you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be motivated, you're going to be challenged to allow the Holy Spirit to work in areas of our lives that maybe have been neglected, maybe areas in our lives that we've kept God away from. And so uh, this morning I want to pick up on uh, the series, and I entitled this series, Our Spiritual Health. This sermon this morning, Our Spiritual Health. Many of us need to be transformed in our spiritual health. I know that we are careful about our physical health. Well, anyway, most of us are careful about our spiritual health, what we eat, uh, what, what we do to make sure we maintain a, a healthy diet, make sure we exercise correctly. That's important. And along with making sure that we are healthy physically, there, there's disciplines that we have to uh, allow to take place in our lives, disciplines that we have to maintain, whether it's in the foods that we eat or the exercise that we do. I know during the holiday season, uh, we came during, to have our services, and there was like three days that we were not here during the week. And every day, Nancy and I, we climbed three stairs, three floors of stairs to get to our office on top. And that's spiritual exercise that I'm used to. We're used to that. But I tell you what, after coming back after three days of not doing it, I was winded. I was tired. I said, man, it's only been three days. I got to the top of the steps, and I was huffing and puffing. I was looking for Sister Nancy. Where are you at? I'm on the first floor. I'm still making my way up. All it took was three days for me to begin to lose that, that strength that I had. And you know, it works the same way spiritually. There needs to be that spiritual or those spiritual disciplines that are constantly at work in our lives. Because if we lack or we miss out, and, and maybe not intentionally, but just begin to lose sight of the importance of how it necessary it is that we continually, daily feed ourselves and build ourselves up in the things of God, we also spiritually can become depleted and begin to lose that vitality, begin to lose that enthusiasm and that excitement for serving the Lord. And the problem ha that happens is that our immune system spiritually can begin to become depleted. What happens when your immune system physically is not what it's supposed to be? We're susceptible, aren't we, to, to infections, to diseases, because of a depleted immune system. And so this morning, we need to understand it works the same way spiritually. When our spiritual immune system is not strengthened, not strong, not what it's supposed to be, we're open to the attacks of the enemy that maybe otherwise would not affect us. We're open to the deceptions, the strategies of, of the enemy that maybe we would be able to overcome because we, 
were spiritually strengthened and making sure that our immune system was strong. And so this morning, I want to talk about the transformation that God wants to take place in our spiritual health this morning. So is everybody ready for that? Okay, open your mouth and say, ah, doctor does, okay. That's good enough. Can you close it now? My turn. Third John, verse 1. John is writing to a friend named Gaius, disciple, someone that he knows in ministry in the Lord, and he says that he loves them, and he's happy for, for, for his life in serving Jesus. And this is what he says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health. As it is, it also goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And so John is expressing his appreciation for Gaius, and he prays that he would be prospering, not only physically well, but yet spiritually well. And uh, that uh, he's excited because he's walking in God's truth. And he's really excited because those that he witnessed and testified to and ministered to are still serving the Lord and walking in truth. And so from that, the, the, these scriptures, I take that these folks were spiritually healthy. And I want us to begin to examine ourselves, ask ourselves a tough question. Take that spiritual health test this morning and ask yourself, is your spiritual immune system healthy? Or are there areas where it may be weakened? Are there areas that you may be susceptible to some spiritual disease or attack of the strategy of the enemy? Spiritual vitality, spiritual strength, and that spiritual immune system only is built through effort and discipline, just like physically when we discipline our lives to do certain things to make sure we're healthy. I can't do it for, for you, and you can't do it for me. I am responsible for that, my own physical well-being, as I discipline myself. And so it is spiritually. Each and every one of us have been given the responsibility to make sure that we make that effort, that we are obedient and we're aware of where we stand in our spiritual health this morning. Just as we listen to the doctor, most of us do anyway, when he says, cut out salt, no more sugar, no more sweets, don't do this and don't do that, we say, yeah, what does he know? He's just a doctor, I don't care. And we continue on. No, I'm just joking. Most of us do listen, and we apply what the doctor says needs to be applied. It's the same way with Jesus. Jesus is our spiritual doctor. He is the, the creator of heaven and earth. Uh, he is the one that brings to you and I the strength that we need, the healing that we need. And so we need to listen to what he has to say. Listen to his word, the truth, as John speaks about living in us, that truth that brings freedom and brings uh, 
spiritual strength. And so I want to look this morning, what are some contributors to a good spiritual immune system, a strong immune system? Well, number one, I alluded to it earlier, is regular exercise, spiritual exercise, critical. Because the danger is that if we back off on that spiritual exercise, we become sluggish. We become slow. There was a time where I could climb those steps, three, three floors of steps, and I, I wouldn't even be breathing hard. Now as I get a little older, I'm still climbing, but it's a little, I'm a little bit more sluggish. Not for lack of climbing them, but it's just getting a little bit more difficult to, to climb up quickly. We grow spiritually sluggish when we start to remove some things that God says need to take place in our lives. In Hebrews chapter 6, the writer of Hebrews in verse 11 and 12 talks about diligence. And here it reads, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises uh, that God has prepared. Spiritual inactivity is not an option this morning. Because if we start to get sluggish in our faith, in, in our service to God in the different areas we're going to be looking at this morning, then we're going to open ourselves up to deception, open ourselves up to missing the will of God. So important that we understand that spiritual strength and activity is not an option. It's part of the Christian life. There are certain spiritual activities this morning that are critical to that we apply in our lives. Number one, how about good works? Good works in our lives. We understand that regular exercise, exercising our faith, exercising our, 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 our service to God, but good works, Ephesians chapter 2. And in verse 10, the Apostle Paul writes about this. He said, for we, you and I, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we're born again to accomplish good things for God. Think about what our life was like before we got saved, before we came to know the Lord. What was working in our lives? What kind of things were we involved in? Probably not good things. Probably not, probably not things that will help us become better men and women, better parents, better husbands, wives, better workers, better students, some things that were working in our lives that were not good. But when we became born again and accepted Jesus Christ, uh, those kinds of works were meant to be put aside. All things passed away. Now, oh, now all things now becoming new, new works in our lives as opposed to the old bad things we used to do. And so we need to be and be aware that God in his word says that we were created in Christ for good things. God wants to do good things in your life. He wants to accomplish good things in your life. 
but he also wants you to help get involved in doing good things to help other people, doing good works uh, to, to help extend the kingdom of God. Good works. How do we apply? What are good works? How are they developed? Well, they're developed, and the third thing I want to talk about is that serving other people. Serving. That's so important. When we serve others. How many know we like to be served? Don't you like to be served? You go to the restaurant, you have expectations, right? And you're sitting there, and they come, and they do what they're doing, and wow, that's great service. And you appreciate that. And they do a good job. How many have ever had bad service at a restaurant? Yeah? Right? You didn't appreciate that because they didn't do a good job. Part of our good works is to serve and serve according to the things of God. God has called us to be servants in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20. Jesus speaks about his life. And some of these things I know you've heard. Some of these areas I know that, that, that you understand, but it's like, our physical bodies, we know what we should be doing and what we should not be doing, but yet we get lazy, don't we? We get sluggish. Nah, maybe I'll skip a day. You know, maybe I'll skip a week. I'll skip a, I'll skip a year. You know what? It's, it's, I don't need that. I'm just going to recuperate from, from last year. And we end up in trouble. And so service is something that is so critical that we hear about constantly, but yet... We so easily forget about that. Jesus says, whoever, in verse 27, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, wants to be great, must become a servant. You want greatness in your life? How many want greatness in their life? Don't be shy. We want to be, we want greatness in our life. All that simply means is that we want to be better than we were. We, We want to accomplish something. Well, then Jesus says, you got to serve in order for that to happen. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not, not to be served. And then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. There are so many wonderful areas in this church that people could serve in who are not serving So many areas. Don't you thank God for those right now who are not in here? They're not in this building right now, in this sanctuary, but they're in the building serving. They're watching our children. They're teaching our children. They're watching your your car. They're making sure that it's okay. They're serving you. They're preparing the coffee for after the service. They're serving you. We like that, don't we? We love to be served. But Jesus said if we're going to accomplish better things than we've accomplished already, then we're going to have to have the mindset that's going to take service. So many places that we can serve in, that we should be serving in, to relieve those who are constantly working, those that are constantly in their positions. Don't you thank God we have ushers that are here working and they're constantly there, but how many know it's good to give them a break? You open the door for once and let them come in. You seat them. Right? Service. 
So many times, especially as we get older, we think, well, I've already put in my time. I've been saved for five years, ten years I served, so now let me be served now. Let the young bucks start doing stuff. Well, they should, and thank God they are. But where in the Bible does it say that after 10 years you stop serving? Show me. You know, show me the money. Show me the scripture where it says that now you're not going to serve anymore. That you can stop after five years, or you can stop after 20 years, 45 years, 50 years. Where does it say that? Nowhere. So what that means is that we were, all of us, what? Created for what? To serve and to do good works. And the minute we start to adapt that and allow that to be a part of our thinking, because that's what we're talking about. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Let, let your mind start to become transformed. What would, as a, the popular thing, Jesus do? I'll tell you what he did. He served. Why? Because the scripture says that he did that, gave his life away, because there were a lot of people who were being held hostage. Wow, think about that. As we serve, we're freeing people to do what? To listen, to hear, to be able to come and sit, and uh, to be able to receive instead of always giving, giving, giving. When we serve, we witness, we testify, there are people who are held hostage by the deceits of the enemy, by the world. And when we serve through our witnessing, testifying, through evangelism, people are being set free. They're now being liberated from being held hostage by the enemy. So important. Those are good works that God wants us to exercise. Exercise unto godliness. That's the next point. First Timothy chapter 4. Exercising our lives, disciplining our lives to a more righteous lifestyle. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, Exercise daily in God, in Christ, every single day. The message Bible puts it this way. Exercise daily in God, no spiritual flabbiness. Please, workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this, take it to heart. You see, we exercise spiritually unto godliness as we learn to submit ourselves unto the Word of God. That's spiritual exercise. Exercise is what? What happens when you exercise? You are using probably muscles haven't been used before for a while. You're getting those muscles in shape. You're developing. That's what happens when you exercise. Spiritually, when we exercise daily in God, there's a development that's taking place in every aspect of our spiritual walk when it comes to submitting to the authority of God, His Word. You can't just do that. You know, some folks just come to church once a week and then they, 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 the rest of the week they don't read their Bible, they don't listen to the Word of God, they don't study the Word of God, and they expect to be spiritually strong 
and for their immune system to be fine, and it's not going to happen. It takes more than just coming to church once a week. You have to discipline yourself, exercise yourself unto what? Godliness. That comes through reading of the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word as we exercise ourselves in the word of God. No longer is it difficult to submit to the things of God, but we do that willingly. Why? Because it's the truth of God's word. We see the results. We see the blessing in our life. Exercise unto godliness, obedience, better than sacrifice. How many know obedience is a spiritual exercise that we don't like to use? It's like the treadmill. Nobody likes running. Just give me a little barbell and I'll do this number. You know, I'll, I'll squeeze those things in my That's a good exercise. Well, it might be, but it takes more than that. And obedience is a huge part of godliness that we need to begin to develop in our lives because how many know that many times we're only obedient to the things that make us feel good, things that, that we want in opposition to what God wants. Exercise. Train up a child in the way he should go. What does that mean, train up? That means exercise. Teach that child, not just once, but when you train, it's constant. It's continually. You don't just train once for, for a football game or a baseball game. You're training all the time. And so it is spiritually. We're never out of season. There's never a close to the season in Christianity Always, we need to exercise into godliness habitually. Form good habits in your life spiritually. So what happens when we form these spiritual habits? We build a strong immune system. We have the ability to overcome Satan, his strategies, his devices. First, first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says this. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Then he talks about temptations and how God is able to help us overcome those temptations. But then you go on and you begin to read concerning God's scripture, and he says, God's not going to let us be tempted beyond our ability, but with a temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to endure it. How do we endure temptation? How do we overcome temptation? Not by my strength, not by my power, but by Christ in me, but by the word of God in me as I exercise that word in me, spiritual disciplines. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to let that be a part of my life. That is what happens when you build a strong immune system. You're able to defeat and overcome the strategies of the enemy. And then you build that wisdom. A strong, godly, spiritual immune system has godly wisdom involved. Not earthly. James says two kinds of wisdoms. Earthly, which is what? Demonic, devilish, heavenly wisdom, godly wisdom from above. And when we have a strong immune system and we are exercising Daily, God gives us wisdom. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. 
Look carefully, then how you walk. That, work, that word walk also can be translated live about your walk. How you're walking, how you're living. Be careful, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord. Wisdom comes when we have a strong spiritual immune system. We're able to tell right from wrong. When our spiritual immune system is depleted and we're, we're lacking, deficient in our spiritual immune system, we're going to begin to allow things that shouldn't be in there. We're going to begin to agree with things we should not be agreeing with. We see that in the church world, that things that the Word of God speaks about that are evil are now being called okay, good, and no problem. And we as the church of Jesus Christ need to hold to truth as John was speaking to Gaius. The truth in you, that brings freedom, yes, but it brings wisdom. We need wisdom. Here, Paul writes, the days are evil. And man, we're living in some evil days. We're living in crazy days where good is called evil and evil is called good. How do we determine the difference? By the word of God. Through building a strong immune system, it says, uh-uh, I'm not going to let that come in my body. That's not going to infect my thinking, my family, my marriage. No way, not my children. I'm building my house on the things of God. I want a strong immune system surrounding me because the devil's always trying to inject us with deception. The wiles, the strategies, the, 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 the lies of the enemy. And that's the next thing that we do is that we withstand those tricks, those wiles and deception. How many know the devil is a liar? We know that, the father of all lies, but yet he's a charming liar. Have you ever been spoken to by a charming liar? How about the guy that sold you your last car? <laughs> the, the person that sold you that life insurance policy. How about the person that sold you that, that timeshare? <laughs> oh, you made ah, ah, ah. You know, five years later, what am I going to do with this thing? I can't even get out of it. Stuck, pain, pain, pain. Charming deception. Well, they have nothing on the devil because he's a deceiver. He's a strategist and he's a liar. Ephesians 6 says that we need to what? Put on the whole armor of God, chapter 11, so that we would be able to come against the schemes, the strategies, and deceptions of the enemy. How do we do that? We do that by having a strong immune system. So a healthy diet this morning for you and I, spiritually speaking, is the word of God. A healthy diet. We're not talking about Cheetos, Chalupas, cupcakes, cookies. See, that stuff is out there spiritually. That stuff is out there spiritually. There, there are spiritual cupcakes and Chalupas, spiritual Cheetos, hot Cheetos. All that, it's out there spiritually. 
watered-down gospel is what I call it. It's not going to make you healthy, but it's going to get you sick. It's going to get you sick. We need to build up a healthy immune system through God's word. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's how we should be living, is the truth that comes from the word of God. Truth uh, from the word of God, not from anyone else. Because his words are life. They bring life. John 6, verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. How many can say amen to that? The flesh is weak. The flesh is susceptible. The flesh loves hot Cheetos. <laughs> loves cupcakes and does not like spinach. Does not like cabbage. Broccoli. Yeah, yeah. The flesh is no help at all. But the words, he says, are, I have spoken to you, are spirit, and they give life. That's God's word is uh, our spiritual diet. First Peter 2, 2, like newborn infants long for spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Spiritual milk. We need that. The new converts need that. And I guarantee you there's some oldies too that need that. You need to get back to the Word of God. You've, you've kind of deleted that from your diet. You've replaced it with something else. Get it back in there. Because that's what's going to help your immune system. Prayer. Another area in our diet that we need. We need God's Word. We need prayer. Hebrews 13, 18. The writer of Hebrews says, pray for us. We have no doubts about what we are doing or why. But it's hard going and we need your prayers. All we care about is living well before God. It's hard going. How many know in this world it's going to be hard going at times? Some of you are right there right now in a battle. And it's hard going. What's going to help you? I tell you what. We had a wonderful time of prayer when we come together. On Sunday mornings, we call those who need help in their lives. That's what's going to help you is God's word and prayer. When you pray... We pray one for another. See, that's why the Word of God says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Come together. Let's get together. Streaming is good. We stream for those who are sick, out of town, and so on. But not so you can, you know, have a double screen football game on one side and, and preaching on the other. And the guy gets a touchdown. Yeah! Oh, he said something good. Praise God! Before you know, you're not worried you're talking about what you're doing. Come to church. Let's worship God. Pray for each other. That's so powerful. Part of our diet. Then we need sound doctrine. That's, that's so critical. Sound doctrine. Not, not, again, that's what I said. Not stuff that's out there that's unsound. Titus 2, chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords or what lines up with sound doctrine. So, so important to our spiritual immune system. God's word, prayer, and the truth of, of, of doctrine. 
so important because there's so many things out there that uh, you know people are into nowadays. You just never know. Over the past 46 years, 45 and a half years that we've been serving God, I've seen some crazy stuff. And people who've been serving God longer than me, I'll guarantee you, they've really seen some crazy things. And how things have kind of taken a downturn when it comes to doctrinal soundness and what God's Word says. So, the final thoughts this morning as our music team makes their way up. Prescription. Sound spiritual health. A healthy diet. Regular exercise. God's word, prayer, and sound doctrine. First Timothy says this in chapter 4, and I'll close with this scripture in verse 15. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. All may see. There's a progress that takes place, a spiritual growth that takes place when we immerse ourselves, not sprinkle, but delve ourselves in the spiritual strengths and truths that are so necessary. Keep a close watch, he says, on yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. But scripture says, watch yourself. Check your own temperature spiritually and on the teaching persist in this for by doing so you will save both yourself and the hearers that's why we don't take lightly when it comes to preaching the word of God when it comes to what the Bible says what we believe the Bible says we take it seriously because not only does it affect those who hear but it affects us too